to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Today you're joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. And today we also have a guest on the show, our very first guest, and he is very welcome. So please welcome Alan Mao, or as some know him as Alan Mayo. Alan, which <laughs> one do you prefer, Alan Mao or Alan Mayo? Um, Mayo is actually pretty funny, but like you supposed, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be Mao, but um, everyone calls it Mayo just because they can't pronounce that. But um, yeah, Mayo so, like like mayonnaise. Yes, just like mayonnaise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys very much for having me on this podcast and really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's my first one as well, so yeah, really nervous, but um, yeah, I'm sure we're is... fun and chatting some topics that we love. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is super exciting. We're so glad to have you as our very first guest. We think our listeners are really going to enjoy this one. So, Alan, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Um, so, I'm a, uh, I guess, I'm Alan Mao, and uh, I'm a coach at Flex Success. Um, so, we do online coaching, um, and uh, I'm a competitive natural bodybuilder. I uh, enjoy powerlifting as well, and um, been training for about. 10 years now and um, yeah just love the industry and love all things related to you know nutrition and training and constantly learning and things like that um yeah so that's basically it yeah so alan you've studied at university haven't you yeah i did did so uh but that's kind of the funny thing is um i actually uh so i did a uh, business degree in, in my bachelor and actually did a finance degree for my master's um so actually it's not related to um uh, to fitness industry at all uh, and it, I guess you know it wasn't until like the last three or four years that I because I never thought that I could do this as a career option uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of why I had those um, I guess study those obviously you know part of it because my parents wanted me to and things like that um, yeah so obviously through that I guess you know I did a lot of self-development course and things like that and just study along on my own and did a few different certifications and things like that, like, you know, the strength and conditioning course and, you know, sports and nutrition specialist, things like that. Uh, and, yeah, so I'm doing more courses this year as well. So, but yeah, so, so it's I, kind of like a very unconventional way of getting into the industry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So I guess bodybuilding and physique sport and powerlifting, they were always a passion of yours. Mm. But I guess, so do you think that they sort of turned from a hobby more into, you know, a career now? Yeah, so uh, it was, yeah, like I said, you know, I never, like, I always enjoyed, and I've been kind of, like, been helping friends and things like that, just purely out of my, I guess, my own interest um, for about, like, since 2012, 2013, uh, but I just never thought that this could be a, even to be considered a career op- career option for myself and, you know, uh, to be financially stable and things like that, um, and it actually wasn't up until, like, end of 2017, it was up until that point. Something happened, and then this one incident, which this, which is quite interesting. So I'll kind of explain that. That happened, and then sort of made me realize that holy shit, you know, man, I want to do this. Like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah. So I guess do do you find that anything that you learned, you know, in business and finances, has it translated at all into this new field, or is it just completely new? Uh, hundred percent. Like obviously, you know, uh, I guess. There's always things that you can, you know, I guess, you know, you can, you can always learn something from, you know, from everyone or different courses and things like that. There's always things that, that you can take away. Um, but I suppose nothing, indir- uh, I guess, directly um, that I have learned. Um, but, and if anything, I think I learned more from, I guess, 
you know, being a coach and also learning from, you know, um, uh, I guess my bosses at Flex Success, Dean and Lizzie, that how they handle the business and things like that. Because I kind of started out just, you know, a few months after Flex Success had started. So I kind of see, you know, I've been through the process with the company and seen the growth and, every, growth and everything. So I actually learned more through that um, than, I guess, my business degree. So. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Hey, it's crazy. Yeah, mm. something that we haven't actually covered yet is uh, people are probably wondering how we all met. So Alan was training at UQ, which is where Tierra and I both train. And I guess we sort of just started talking and I noticed that Alan was uh, helping uh, one a body young young bodybuilder called Garrick Senki who competed in 2016 and 2017 and I approached Alan uh, around at the end of 2017 about my competition and yeah he was my coach for my 2018 season A comp season so yeah and yeah Alan you actually coached quite a few people at UQ didn't you you even helped Liam with his prep quite a few years ago yeah. didn't you so that's actually kind of, I suppose, kind of, uh, I guess it's kind of way it started. So uh, it was back in 2013. So it was kind of like my, you know, when I did my first comp. And so I actually prepped myself, prepped myself for that comp. And then obviously I met Liam through the gym as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he, he wanted to compete. I was like, all right, you know, that's like, obviously at the time, like, you know, I don't know the things that I know now, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this on my own. So, you know, if you want, I can, I can help you out just as a friend. And then just kind of so we can go through the process together as well. Um, but yeah, so I guess you can technically say like he was like my, you know, I guess, unofficial first client that I helped to uh, to help getting to compete and prep and things like that. But um, I just really enjoy like, I guess, helping friends and things like that to start it out. And I guess kind of through that, you know, stumble across this this opportunity to work for flex success so yeah it's kind of yeah funny. it's it's amazing how things work out like that and like you really do climb the ladder so like you mm. said just starting off with hey i want to try doing a bodybuilding show like five or six years ago and now look where you are it's crazy mm. uh, so as going way back so you said you've been in this industry for 10 years now what mm. got what got you into the health and fitness industry and lifting weights Okay, so what got me into my training? Um, so I actually moved to Australia uh, in 2007 uh, from Taiwan. So I was 16 and uh, to, to study. Um, and um, so I used to play basketball, all right? And then there was kind of like my dream, if you will, and I wanted to be a really good basketball player. But obviously, you know, you, you guys know that, you know, <laughs> I'm not made to be a basketball player. So. <laughs> Uh, and then, but at the time I was like, you know, uh, cause obviously I want to get stronger. And, uh, one of my goals was to be able to jump higher and hopefully be able to dunk one day. So that's what I started getting into gym. So what I used to do is I used to go to, um, the fitness first and, um, in Tuong actually. And I would do like, I, I would train legs like four times a week. And I, all I did was like squats, deadlift and things like that. And, um, damn it, it shows now. <laughs> I know. So it, it's, it's kind of funny, right? Because most guys get into training, they want to impress girls or whatever, whatever they want. You know, that's why I train the upper body, the bench press and, yeah. you know, all the, all the beach muscle and things like that. But, um, for me, it was kind of like the opposite because I actually, I suppose, you know, I didn't care for my physique at the time. I just want to get like strong and I want to mm. obviously be able to jump higher. Um, and yeah, I remember I used to, uh, it's, it, it's kind of funny because I was, I think the heaviest dumbbell at the time there was 45 kilos. And I remember I was like maxing out on those, like doing 
Bulgarian squats. But at the time, I couldn't even bench 40 kilos. So <laughs> my workouts would be like leg workout and I'll finish up with some like push-ups and some, you know, and some pull-ups. So you were, like you were like the exact opposite of someone <laughs> who goes to the gym and has chicken legs. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the opposite, right? Um, so, and from there, and then obviously, you know, you start seeing the, re- the results and things like that. And then I start seeing the changes. And that's kind of when I started fell in love with bodybuilding, I, I suppose. And then obviously, then I set a goal to like, obviously, I want to compete one day. Actually, initially, I wanted to compete as a junior, um, but I actually never never made it. I, I didn't compete till I was 23 years old. But that, yeah, that is so, junior's ICN. Oh, no, junior is 21 yeah, for ICN. 21 under, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. at the time, it was like, you know, I just, I guess, then I just really enjoy lifting heavy. Uh, and that's sort of through that, I got really, really fat. Uh, so... <laughs> And you know, the, the typical, like, you know, um, bulking sort of dirty, dirty bulk. <laughs> um, and yeah, but obviously, you know, so I, you know, I saw results in the gym and things like that. I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, I actually never, I can I probably play basketball like twice in the last 10 years. So, <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah I would like to see you dunk now. Oh, man, I can't even run. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can I, so it's all good. Okay, so you prepped yourself for your very first show, so you didn't have a coach. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, okay, so um, I guess that's kind of like, I guess, where it all started, right? Because I, you know, back, I don't know if you, have you guys ever bought like a Flex magazine? I know it's probably not, yeah, it, you, you can probably still buy it, but have you ever bought one? Mm, no. I guess we're, okay. yeah, we're probably more in the age of looking up like yeah, bodybuilding.com. Right. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> no, that's my age, that's how old I am. All right, so I like collect every month, right? I buy the Flex magazine and things like that. It's, I guess, you know, you see a lot of people say that. So at that time, I'm like, surely there's a better way to do things, right? So I was like, why? Because I remember I was eating so many eggs in the morning, just because that's what, you know, Ronnie Coleman supposed to be eating. Um, and and then, yeah, I just feel sick, you know, I feel like throwing up and forcing myself to eat those things that they were eating. Um, yeah. And then I was like, surely there's a better way. And I think pretty much, I guess, Lane Norton was like the first guy that I came across, you know, obviously preached like the evidence-based approach and just giving out really good information for free. Um, um, I think it was bodybuilding.com at the time. Yeah. And uh, obviously through a few friends, I also uh, know that also helped me a lot uh, during that time, gave me really, really good information as well. And kind of from that, just to form my own and, and yeah, so I prepped myself for the for the for the, for that come because I thought you know I want to see and also at the time I didn't actually have money to hire any anyone to to um to prep me and uh, I said like, well let's see how it goes and I and I guess you know having Lee in there to also actually you know obviously prepping as well kind of helped me uh, I guess to make to force me to I bet I guess look out for more informations and find ways to to help us, you know, get there. Um, yeah, it kind of all started out there. But um, ah, so did you guys yeah. compete in that show together? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so oh, he was a, a teenager at the time. So he did the teenage class. And then I did, um, yeah, I was a novice in, in the open class. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how it started. So we prep, uh, I prepped myself for that comp. And yeah, just put basically from all the free information that was available at the time through evidence-based approach, uh, you know, approach whatever that was available and then just, you know, kind of worked it out on my own and, you know, and yeah, kind of went, went about it that way and obviously got results, but, you know, obviously was by no means optimum. And I guess yeah. that's the whole, I guess that's kind of the beauty of this is that you're constantly learning, right? So 
I guess, what are some of the biggest learning takeaways you took from that, from coaching yourself through your very first competition? Oh, it was, um, I, I think so for that particular comp, um, it was, I think the biggest takeaway was for me, at least, uh, it wasn't so much about the strategies or anything like that. It was more so about like, I didn't realize, cause that was the first time getting down to that, I guess, extreme, extreme low level of body fat. So it was the first time that I realized how, cause you guys know, right? When you get that lean, that feeling, it's like, you can't describe it. Like, yeah, you have, you have to get there to know yeah. what it feels like. Um, so I, I was like, holy shit, you know, that's when I exposed to that. I was like, wow, that's a whole new level of like, so I did, obviously I didn't really manage my, you know, my work life study and relationship well. So that was probably my biggest takeaway. Not so much like the, you know, um, the dieting or the, or the nutrition strategy or anything like that. Cause a lot of the principles probably, I still use it to this day, uh, in regards to that. But yeah, the, the biggest takeaway is definitely, uh, how tough it is. Um, that's why, you know, uh, you know, I was so impressed with you guys in your first come, like how well you can handle the whole thing. I was like, wow, that's really impressive for someone that young. And, you know, so that's really cool Thanks. to see. Well, I guess we were always, you know, we had role models like you and people to look up to. We, and we've always followed other people who have been in the industry and we've seen them go through their journey. So try to get some idea of what to expect. But mm-hmm. just like just like we alluded to before, you never truly know until you yeah. do it yourself. No, I was going to say, like, you know, like, I, I think Jack was, like, you know, from four weeks out or something, like, you know, I'm sure because you guys were both prepping, so you were, because you were leaving through it at the time, so you can't really see that from a, uh, I guess, different view, like, from a third, third person's kind of view, so you didn't realize that, you know, it's, you know, you having, you guys become more distant, you know, and things like that, just without even knowing, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like after the comp and, you know, when you start eating more and you're feeling a little bit more like yourself, then you can see, holy shit, you know, I can't believe that that's how I was feeling at the time. Yeah, so, it was yeah. so yeah. just, yeah, you just really get into a state of tunnel vision and you're just so <laughs> focused on minute things each and every day, just trying to tick those boxes. And I guess, <laughs> yeah, having our master's degree and placement thrown right in the middle yeah. of it and late nights of work, that was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, I definitely, I think we all, we talk about it quite a bit. You know, we look back and we're like, holy shit, like we actually did all of that. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. my, my supervisor at um, my hospital was, uh, approached me like in semester two. So after prep and she said, wow, you're a different person. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my supervisor pulled me aside and she said, Tiara, I, I just want to make sure, are you getting bathroom breaks? Because, <laughs> because, you know, when you're losing weight, you have to go pee like 50 yeah. times a day. Plus, you know, to keep yourself satiated, I drink a yeah, lot yeah. of tea. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no, you know, of course, you know, I'm just, um, I, I'm doing a bodybuilding <laughs> competition prep right now and I'm losing weight and my bladder's just always going. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> but I'm so like, funny. yes, don't, don't worry, I'm definitely getting bathroom breaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, like, I remember you, you know, you were like closing the gym at 11 o'clock and then open up the gym at like five o'clock and then while starting a master's degree, I'm like, because I, I look back to when my I did my first time, like, I could barely even handle, like, you know, just walking out of the house without <laughs> falling and things like that. I was like, oh, that's really impressive. So it's awesome. Thanks. Okay, so, Alan, so you competed in 2013 for the first time. Yeah. So after that show, what are some goals that you set yourself for moving forward? Because I've 
clearly you enjoyed the process. You wanted mm. to do it again, but how how did you um, like tackle that? Um, so after the first comp, uh, obviously, because uh, I actually had a uh, goal to compete in um, the national show. Actually, after that one, and I actually booked my flights um, to Melbourne. It was like the following week, um, but pretty much after the comp. Um, I guess that's also my first experience with like, I guess you can call this binge eating and I guess negative relationship with food and things like that. Uh, even though I guess, you know, I was eating variety of foods throughout my diet using a flexible dieting approach, but still, I guess, you know, I just, you know, psychologically I was kind of, you know, uh, in a, not in a good place. And then, um, it pretty much completely blew up that, that, uh, that night. Um, so I canceled my plan to compete, uh, at nationals. Uh, and then, so that was my goal after coming off uh, 2013 season was to, okay, I'm going to compete in two years time and decide I'm going to do more shows and do nationals and plan everything out. Um, so that was a goal. And I guess the off season just kind of worked towards that. So after that, when was the next, because uh, did you, did you compete again between 2013 and 2017? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I did uh, season A in 2015. Um, so I did a few shows and so I did a, the Brisbane Classic. It was IMB at a time and then Tropic. So went up to Townsville and Nationals. And uh, at a time, I also helped, uh, I guess, prepped um, two of my good friends. One is Harris, who's still, uh, I'm sure you guys know Harris as well, uh, who is yeah. still a uh, client of ours. And, uh, and another friend called Jesse, who used to train at um, UQ Gym as well. And they both did really well. And I guess it was kind of from that season uh, I guess I did pretty well as well, and um, that's kind of the time where Dean and Lizzie kind of started Flex Success, and uh, mm -hmm. I knew that through work, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I sort of got onto the um, the online coaching space and stuff as well during that mm -hmm. time. Great, and then I know that you set yourself a big goal, which you did set out to achieve um, after that competition season, so then yeah. what was that, and um, yes, tell us about that. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, so in so I competed again in 2017. So actually, sorry, let's go back to 2015. So uh, I guess uh, I won my class and then I came second in one of my uh, open class in Brisbane and I went to nationals in 2015 and uh, came second in the class. So my goal was to come back in 2017 and, you know, obviously to win. Um, then 2017, yeah, actually, so that's the last season that I did. Um, and I did actually four shows and then mm. I actually... Uh, I think I did pretty well uh, for that one. I'm really happy with the, you know, the physique that I put together. Uh, and I guess, you know, had a bit of a success at the start of the season in 2017, winning a few classes and I guess a couple overalls as well. And I was like really excited. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to nationals and I'm going to try and win this, you know. And, um, but um, yeah, apparently it didn't work. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Uh, obviously, you know, a few mistakes and things out there that I learned. So um yeah, so that's the goal that I'm going to work towards this time. So, But yeah, for sure. Definitely winning that overall. You won it in Perth and in Queensland, right? Yeah. And Brisbane, yeah. Yeah, Brisbane, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, I remember Alan, uh, that was the first show that Jack and I ever went to and we saw you and Garrick on stage and that was just yeah. so exciting. 
I remember you, Jesus, on the stage when you would flex your legs. Like I would, <laughs> I turned to Jack and I'm like, we need to get out our anatomy book. I don't even know what muscle that is. Like what the heck? Muscles, bro. No, yes, there are many muscles, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> like the insertions and like the details, it was crazy. I didn't even know legs could look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had no arms. So, but that see that, that that's kind of funny, right? So let's go back to the point. You know how I when I first started our training and all I did was legs. Mm. So I guess it kind of worked out. Um, oh man, yeah, like it really pays off. You know, yeah. it accumulates over the years. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a big show for Tira and I as well to come watch because like we saw like uh, Garrick and James, who you both coached, and yourself, yeah. and then there was like. RG and yeah I remember I remember walking back to the car through the parking lot and Jack was like it's time to get big because <laughs> he's like we yes. gotta compete next season so I think that's when you're pushing up to 90 kilograms yeah. right yeah that's when the um olive oil shots kicked in <laughs> yeah. and, and and look what happened you know yeah you guys did freaking awesome you know won everything that you well, pretty much achieved everything more more than you know what what you set out to do and and that's definitely you know really awesome to have like guys like you um like you guys and ethan and things like that just guys from the gym and come and support um us and it's really cool um and you know it's really cool that obviously that sort of in, in you know inspire and play a small role in you guys you know to get you guys up on stage and i think that's what this is all about right um just to you know inspire the people in a positive way and you know hopefully mm-hmm. you know and uh, get into you know training and uh, maybe not necessarily competing just to better themselves you know so yeah definitely yeah. so alan you've you've clearly dabbled in bodybuilding now what about powerlifting because you are strong so do you actually <laughs> have, have you done some powerlifting competitions i actually have um so i did my there was one and the only the only comp that i ever done which is in 2015 so it was not long after my bodybuilding comp um so i think yeah just feel like a novice comp in a state level and i mean you know my numbers aren't like crazy or anything uh because c- compared to like you know most of the guys that are competitive powerlifters um but yeah it was really good like i, I guess you know like i say i've always enjoyed lifting heavy and that's always been my primary goal in my training just to get stronger um and yeah enjoyed that um but also so i actually after the little bit of success in that comp, I actually wanted to do, I was qualified for a national comp. Um, and I was working really hard towards that for powerlifting. But um, I guess throughout the time, I was really trying to get as strong as I can and as fast as I can. And that's when I made a mistake. And kind of that's when I kind of hurt my knee and partially torn a, uh, had a lateral a minor tear in my lateral meniscus. Uh, and that's another huge lesson for me as well from that and sort of ties into like how I approach my training now. So, so yeah. how long, how long did it take you to recover from that? Oh, to be honest, it, it took like a solid, um, I had to take six months off upper body, tra- oh, sorry, lower body training. So just basically, you know, upper body stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and then after that probably took another six months to get back into or started to get my strength back to where it was. Just pretty much from the bar and um i think it was the start of the 2017 prep that's when i sort of started training legs actually probably even like halfway through when i can start doing more just you know uh exercise without you know issues and pain and things like that so 
Yeah, I remember even when you were getting really lean down there in the Iron Edge room, just <laughs> squatting mm-hmm. crazy weights. I remember that yes. one video. That one video you showed me where, like, you, <laughs> Jesus, where you, <laughs> the bar fell off your back and you did like this penguin slide. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, that's actually Jeez. yeah. That's that's another another learning lesson there, you know. So when it comes to prep, so which we can talk about it later. So. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I just always enjoy lifting, I guess, pushing myself. But I guess it's kind of like, a, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, you need to learn when to back off. I think that's probably the biggest thing I have learned through all these injuries is like, um, it's good that, you know, you, you, you know when to push hard and push through, you know, when you don't feel like training. But I actually found it to be harder to not and pull, yourself, pull myself back and not go 100% uh, when, when I shouldn't. And that's kind of like the, and I'm still struggling with, with, with that to this day, you know, so. And since you've um, competed three times now, was there anything that like drastically changed in your preparation for each show? Um, I would say for the most part, the fundamentals are, you know, you know the bigger picture side of things are, are pretty much the same, right? Obviously, you monitor your intake and your output and things like that, and you mm. manipulate that sort of process. But I think uh, the biggest thing is, Definitely, obviously, since then, in the last five, six, seven years, um, obviously, through learning, and obviously, I've been fortunate enough to come across a lot of uh, very, very smart people, and they work with a lot of smart people, uh, and learn more information and things like that. So I think, for the most part, it's the same, but I guess with more information and knowledge, you know, I suppose to, uh, over, the, over the years, just find a little bit more efficient and optimal way. And uh, definitely the biggest thing is definitely play the long game and definitely be patient. Um, and my, I guess the biggest lesson would be off-season training. So the first two off-season, um, I was very focused on obviously just getting as strong as I can. Obviously, you know, for, for to get my, str- you know, for the powerlifting purpose and yeah. things like that. Um, but because of that, I didn't do a whole lot of like, you know, volume and work on the stuff that, I, you know, on the areas that I need to work on to be a better bodybuilder so that's one yeah. thing that actually done different this i would say this year uh this off season sorry uh is to like not focus too much on trying to get a stronger one rep max and things like that but mostly like mm. making sure getting obviously i want to make sure i you know pro- progress with my lifts and get stronger overall but making sure i'm getting in the volume like my arms and in other yeah. areas so that, you're finding you're finding that happy medium yeah yeah. Um, I actually heard this uh, from a good friend, uh, Brendan Kempter. Um, yeah. So we were having a conversation, you know, obviously about our approach in off-season and things like that. And then he said something that really stuck with me. He said, like, you know, when, when I body build, I fucking body build. <laughs> so <laughs> that stuck with me. This is a really good point. So, yeah. um, so in my off-season approach, I kind of, you know, uh, this time really make sure I do what I have to do uh, to bring up my physique and to be a better bodybuilder i think that's gonna be the um the goal for me if i was to you know to try and be a better bodybuilder so yeah so tell give us a bit of insight so where are you like right now in your off season in your improvement season and what are your um current plans and plans going forward yeah okay so um it's about what a year and a half uh since my i last competed Mm-hmm. And um, body composition-wise, I think I'm around uh, 95, 96 in the morning. Um, 
uh, I actually, I guess my approach has been pretty re- relaxed for the last year and a half or so, just because work and travel and things like that. Obviously, that's not a good excuse, but I just, I, I guess I set myself like, a, these are the minimum requirements that I have to do each week. Uh, yeah. As long as I hit those, I'm good. Actually, I think there's probably one thing that I would say is my approach is also different this time is that I don't think about training and dieting as much. Like I don't think about 24-7 anymore. Mm-hmm. I just do what I, do what I have to do. I have a plan there. And sometimes I'll miss sessions uh, or if I have to re- reschedule my sessions, I'll be okay with that because of work or whatever or spending time you know, with, the, with my girlfriend and things like that. But in the past, off-season, I'll be like, okay, if I'm training – Late today on training, you know, push tomorrow, whatever, you know, even though I don't like, I would just make sure that's my main goal for, for the day and, and get it done. Um, but I think, you know, as you have more responsibilities and things like that, it does can get in the way. And I think I'm learning to be okay with, um, be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more re- relaxed and just prioritize what I need to focus on. And then when it's time to prep, obviously then, you know, things can slowly change over time. So I can dedicate a little bit more time to, you know, when they want to start dieting. And the goal is, well, hopefully, we'll see how we go, but, you know, I think it's 35 weeks away from the season B. So if all things go well, hopefully I can get on stage again. Um, so far, it's been good. So, you know, for the last four weeks, kind of setting myself up, uh, I guess, prep before prep kind of thing, you know, just yeah. starting up and start measuring more variables and tra- tracking my output, you know, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, not, not 100%, just because, you know, uh, we'll see how, because we only just moved to Perth last year, as yeah. you guys know. So it was a big move. So uh, obviously a lot of things happening. And yeah, we'll see how we go. But I, but I think, you know, uh, I'm in a pretty good, pretty good spot or position to, to prep. Um, you know, but I would definitely say that I'm, I'm a lot more relaxed in comparison to the previous prep. But I, but I think that's also to do with, obviously, you know, experience and things like that. And now I'm like, okay, this is what I have to do. So I just need to get it done. And I know I will get the outcome that I that I want so yeah and you're, I think you're definitely be coming to Brisbane right uh yes definitely I mean you know sure, sure there'll be clients competing and things like that so I'll you know yeah. I'll always be there and and we'll and we'll catch up and I'm sure I'll see you guys around Damn. so that'll be because Jack and I will most likely even have clients competing in season B yeah. so we'll, we'll all be back there as coaches and you oh. as a competitor <laughs> see how see, that, that's that's what I love but then and that's really really cool like to see you know you guys like you know it just that's really awesome to to me like you know the people that you know that you helped in the past and now they are like helping other people as well that's like that's really cool yeah, yeah that's what that's what i love about this industry just i think yeah. the majority of people are just so supportive it's um mm. it's wonderful mm. definitely 100 percent. but yeah um something in terms of prep something that resonated a lot with me is among many things is the uh like you, a constant reminder that you told me was like your, the two th- factors under your controller is how, basically how lean you get and you're posing as well. So, yep. and I think uh, a lot of people tend to think about, oh, am I, like I definitely thought about this and I'm sure both of you got sick of it, but I was like constantly saying, oh, am I going to be big enough, blah, 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 comparing yeah. myself to everyone else. But really it does just come down to, are you going to, you can get lean enough and you have time to work on your posing as well so yeah like you could have you could have the biggest legs on stage but if you don't know how to turn them on like you're stuck (laughs) yeah 100 percent. and that's one thing that i think uh posing especially i think that's one thing that most people don't focus enough on you know like Mm -hmm. you know guys you spend like 
20 plus weeks on your diet, you know, on your nutrition and your training, you know, you're spending so much time and effort in the gym and outside of gym, but you never see anyone, like you really see someone spend just as, as much time in their presentation. And if you think about it, right, your presentation, your, sorry, your presentation on stage, it's kind of like your, I don't know if you want to call it your athletic performance or whatever, as a bodybuilder, yeah. right? Because that's literally your time to perform. Like mm-hmm. your sprints are your time to, you know, sprint 100 meters when it's time to go. And that's kind of like present your physique that you have putting 20 plus weeks into and get on stage and present that. So someone could be, you know, bigger, leaner or have a better symmetry, but if you can't, they can't present that or hold it or have the endurance to hold those poses or show their condition, then they, because the judges can only see, you know, what you present at that particular time. And especially when there's a huge lineup, right? Uh, and you see all the time is that people wait till like the last few weeks to practice their posing uh, yeah. and then they rush to get on stage and they can't, you know, after the symmetry round, the first, compo- I mean, the first uh, relaxed poses and then they're already, you know, their legs are ready to go. And then mm. even though they are lean, but because they can't hold it, then, you know, you cannot see the definition and things like that. So that's definitely one thing I focus a lot on. And yeah. And, and, like, and like you said, you know, from day one, I was, you know, I kept telling you like, you know, uh, the, two, the two things that we have 100% control of, which is your condition, how long you get, uh, which is obviously by following the plan, and obviously be compliant and things like that, and also uh, your posing, right? And if you nail these two, which means you probably would have one of the most conditioned guys on stage and have the best presentation, you should always strive for that because that is 100% doable mm. um, and 100% under your control. Then if anyone was to beat you, that's literally because they're better. Yeah. Just so judges, it's in the judge's control, basically. The rest is in yeah. their hands. Yeah, exactly. Then, then you can walk away like, you know, I've literally done everything that I can. And, you know, so if someone was to be you, they've got to be better. And then yeah. you, and you can't be upset at that, right? So mm, Exactly, yeah. yeah. Of course. And also, so you put such a large emphasis on that. Would you say, have you always put a large emphasis on posing ever since you first competed in 2013 or do you think it's because is it perhaps a lesson that you learned or so have you always been very hyper focused on posing yeah so i think um the first comp in 2013 uh, i don't think it's it it, it was i was practiced a lot but the reason wasn't because i put a strong emphasis on that but it's more so because i actually never posed in the past so i had to Mm. put in work to to Mm -hmm. to make sure i can present myself on stage uh, and in the second time, I definitely put a lot more time and effort because after the first time, I realized how tough it is to hold those poses, right? Uh, especially making sure, like, you know, for guys, for bodybuilders especially, you know, turning your legs on, but at the same time, holding your upper body and not letting your lower body go. That's probably one thing that you see happens a lot on stage. Yeah. People can't, you know, uh, they don't practice enough. They can't have, uh, hold, uh, flex the upper body, but hold their legs at the same time. Um, so... The 2015 season definitely put a lot more work, but I was said lousing, uh, that's because I actually went to see uh, Peter Harwick. Um, mm. So he's one of the best, um, I guess you can say, poser and, uh, and, and presenter in Australia in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because I'm like, okay, obviously nutrition and training, uh, now I need to work on this to be a better bodybuilder, right? So I kind of had that mindset of like, you know, I want to make sure I nail this 100%. Goes goes back to the point of like, because that's hun- something I have 100% control of. Um, and I went to see, you know, probably the best, you know, the best person to see. And then from there, he definitely taught me a lot of things like, you know, uh, in terms of like the 
the endurance and you know the isometric holes on you know on your lower body and things like that a lot of the stuff and i'm just like wow if this guy who is the best poser arguably in australia and he spent this much time into posing like i need to spend double the amount of time mm. if, if, if if my goal is to compete right so that's kind of gave me the huge shift and obviously through that I guess a bit of like, uh, I guess, personal interest as well. And also for clients as well, right? Because I've got to know how to do it in order to help my clients. And kind of through that, it kind of molded into what it is now, which obviously that's a huge emphasis of mine. And I guess, you know, we have like a, pre, you know, the posing workshop and things like that um, that we put together. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously I love that as well. So, yeah. Has, has that all been, have you finished that now, the, the posing uh, workshop with, Dean, is that? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were making a ebook or something out of that yeah. as well, were you? Yeah. So all the ebooks are done. So essentially, uh, basically, with our uh, order new clients uh, coming on board as a competitor uh, for competition prep. Um, so part of the service that we'll get now is um, obviously the posing ebook, but also uh, the regular online workshops, and then wow. open. They also book in for online consultation. So I guess, you know, that's one thing that we work really hard on because obviously because how important posing is and, um, you know, it, if you just through online coaching, a lot of times it's hard to, you know, uh, translate those things that you want the clients to do through words and things like that. So mm -hmm. uh, having those workshops and consultation definitely helps. So yeah, just to, I guess, you know, to bring, uh, I guess, coaching a little bit more personable and also uh, bring more um help clients with the posing so yeah mm. okay so i guess we've spoken a lot about training and posing so let's mm. move on let's move the conversation a little bit more towards diet so yeah. we know that with flex success and it even says it on your t-shirt <laughs> yes. diet smart not hard so can you please explain to us and to the listeners what diet smart not hard really means okay so it's funny that you said that because Yesterday, I just did a uh, uh, Instagram story on FlexSuccess page, literally talking about like uh, the concept of like die smart not hard. But oh, in a full, full... I, I guess I guess it was like a little rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, it, it, pretty much. But uh, I sort of twisted it. Uh, so die smart not hard. It's kind of you know obviously it's our company slogan. Um, but essentially, the thought behind that it's you know in this. I'm sure you guys know this as well. In the uh, in fitness industry, you see a lot of people. There tend to be this stigma of like you know you need to suffer, you need to apply heavy restrictions, and you know mm -hmm. things like you, know, you have to eat clean, whatever that means, and you know carbs are bad for you, sugars are bad for you. Just whole a lot of this diet approach, or like you know you have to drink shakes only or detox or all all this sort of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which they all require heavy restrictions. Um, so kind of like you know you have to have this stigma of like you have to you know do lots of cardio or starve mm. yourself in order to achieve a certain body composition goal but you like you know you guys know and i know that that's not true you know yeah. um, and then obviously the idea behind die smart not high is to you know not only help our clients to re achieve a sustainable results and also uh, so that way they don't have to go through this restrict and binge cycle or this yo-yo dieting ever again and also obviously educate them on giving them the knowledge and tools that they have so that way they can have the ability to do this for the rest of their life and they never have to go through this heavy restrictions or you know um dieting hard for the sake of dieting hard ever again um so yeah that's kind of like where the die smart um not hard coming from and uh 
for a competitive standpoint, um, so yesterday, that's kind of what I was talking about is, um, again, you know, there's definitely this stigma of, like, I guess, more of an equation called bro science, right? Um, that you have to suffer. You have to suffer. Um, and if you don't suffer, if you don't work hard, you know, do hours of cardio or eat clean or whatever, then you won't get stage lean. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, people have this misconception of like um, flexible dieting or if you future macro or this kind of approach is like people want to be lazy or people uh, just don't want to do the work because they don't want to suffer. But we, we all know that, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of diet approach that you take. Dieting to the extreme low level of body fat hurts. Like it fucking hurts. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's kind of like what I mean by, you know, suffer smart, not hard. So essentially, but what flexible dieting or uh, evidence-based calculated approach allow you to do is have the ability to measure and manage as many, many variables as you can. So that way you can make calculated decisions on approach and strategies to, okay, uh, sorry, what changes to make towards your diet and training. Um, so that way you can get the most optimum result, right? So I, then, then I kind of joke about like, you know, suffer smart, not hard. So Yeah, I love, I absolutely love how you guys put such an emphasis on sustainability there because that's where I think a lot of people fall off track. They think a diet um, is only a, you know, for a certain given period of time and then that, you know, once you achieve that body composition or once you lose that amount of weight that you're just able to, you know, you got there and you can just keep it. But it is about, just like you've said um, uh, before, it's about the long game and how you can sustain these practices for life. So mm. you're not always rebounding and it's not always yo-yoing. Exactly. And I think it's an important point as well, like, you know, hopefully for the people listening as well, you know, like even as you know I, I obviously we are i guess we, we can classify ourselves as bodybuilders and things like that uh, even though we live and breathe the lifestyle but at the, at the end of the day we still have a full-time study we still have a full-time job we still have life outside of that so what that means is that you know you you need to have a i guess balance in in your your approach to training and nutrition uh, especially so that way you can you don't have to sacrifice like your social life and you know things like that or suffer as minimal as possible so that way you can maintain um, relationships and your work life and things like that, but still be able to achieve your results. And especially for like the general population, right? Because if they just want to, you know, lose a few kilos, drop your body fat, um, get ready for a holiday or things like that, they don't need to be go through this crazy restrictions or like, you know, long dieting phase to get super lean. Um, yeah. they, can, they can have a balance, maybe, you know, uh, have a few drinks on the weekends as long as they account for those alcohols and maybe they can for Christmas time they can still enjoy like a nice Christmas dinner with friends and as long as they account for those calories and know how to change up their foods and things like that so mm. that's kind of I guess what we're trying to uh, teach and help people with yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that and you know I guess it's so wonderful working with general population clients because you really get experience working with individuals and you always have to tailor the intervention to the mm. individual and figure out what works for them and it it also makes it very interesting when like culture gets thrown into the mix as well because people yeah. eat different foods people have very different rituals it's mm. um that's that's what i love always tailoring it to that individual yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. 
All right. So, Alan, I think that we'll probably have to start wrapping up here. But before we end, we always ask our guests and each other one question. So that is one interesting thing that you learned this week. And it can be related to absolutely anything. It doesn't have to be fitness or nutrition related. So did you learn anything new this week? Indeed, I actually did. So uh, as you guys know, I just got a uh, puppy. Uh, his name is Billy a few weeks ago. And uh, so one thing I learned from a puppy class last weekend was that I didn't realize that uh, dogs can eat chocolate. I know it's something ah. really so probably everyone knows, but I didn't know that dogs can eat chocolate. And they can well, you, you might have just saved a dog's life. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, I, I thought it was really interesting. So I'll definitely make sure there's no chocolate. What? I, I, I've heard that before, but did you actually ask why? What is it about chocolate yeah, that dogs so, can't um, eat? I think it's the cacao, and obviously I think it's cerebromine there. It's like a stimulant. So okay, um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's the reason why. So I think you can elevate their heart rates and things like that. So. Yeah, I didn't know that. So now I do. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jack, did you learn anything new this week? Yeah, so I recently, you've probably seen on my Instagram stories, but I've been having, trying to have a bit more salt before training. And mm. usually I would train in the afternoon and uh, just due to my meals up until the afternoon, I would have quite a bit of salt. But seeing as it's training in the morning now, I found that my breakfast is quite low in salt and considering it's oats I don't really want to put salt in that so I found that having a, a decent amount of salt with my pre-workout has actually really helped maintain I guess the pump um, yeah. throughout the whole session as opposed to just like the start and then just fading so mm, especially yeah. with how hot it's been right yeah, now we're definitely. losing so much sodium Mm. yeah where he's actually been doing just like um you guys did at the show Alan he's been taking yep. these salt shots yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's the, hey, that's the fastest way to get a pump, right? So Yeah, it does help a lot. Jesus, the first time he tried it, he mixed it with his pre-workout, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually shot it first, and then, and then, yeah. and then, so, yeah. All right, Um. okay, so I guess one thing I learned this week is on Monday, I had to get a vaccine, because Jack and I are going to Thailand in just a few weeks now, oh, um, nice. and I don't, I don't want to die over there, so I got a <laughs> vaccine for hepatitis A and typhoid, um, yeah. and I went to the doctor in the afternoon, and I wasn't actually expecting to get the vaccine that day, but I trained upper body that morning, and I got a bit of a delt pump, and then I got the vaccine put straight into my shoulder like a few hours later, and I still have DOMS, man. Like, it's still swollen, <laughs> my left that's shoulder. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. And Jack has to get it, too. And I'm like, do not get it on a day that you train upper body. Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> I should have told her. I was like, man, I just trained shoulders. Like, can you put it in my forearm or something? <laughs> There's more scar tissue there now. So a little yeah. bit more growth, a little bit bigger delts. <laughs> Jesus. Should have got it in your glutes. Yeah, I should have got it in your glutes. <laughs> <laughs> but one, they would have been imbalanced. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> still natural. <laughs> it's just, it's just a vaccine. I swear. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you so much, Alan, for coming on our show today. Um, before we sign off, where can people find you? Um, so I just want to say a huge thank you for you guys so for giving me this opportunity to come on and have a chat. Um, and so you guys can find me at uh, so the FlexSS website, so uh, Alan, oh, sorry, www.flexsx.com.au uh, or through our FlexSS uh, Instagram or Facebook page, or you can email me at alan at flexsss.com.au. 
Awesome. Great. Yeah. And you're on Instagram as well? Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm on Instagram as well. So it'd be LML90. Yeah. That's Alan M-A-O-9-0. Sweet. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would appreciate it so much if you would please take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, make sure to tag Alan, tag Jack, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians. And yeah, thank you for tuning in and we will catch you next week. See you later. Thank you guys. So much guys.